We'd love to hear from you just a few days from football season, but we've got to go in and talk about boxing just a minute. Mayweather McGregor last night. Wow. Very impressed with McGregor last night to go 10 rounds in a boxing match. And, and you know, Floyd Mayweather, people think he's amazing. He's not. I mean, this is a guy, McGregor, that's a UFC guy. He came into your arena, really, in your sport and almost beat you. I mean, it's, it's, it was closer than people wanted to believe. I thought it would be a massacre. I thought Mayweather would just knock him out in two or three rounds, but that's not the case. So the UFC, to me, gained a lot more popularity last night with McGregor stepping in there and going 10 rounds with the 49 and no champion. So, and then everybody's talking about McGregor or Mayweather leaving boxing to come fight him in UFC and the octagon. That's not going to happen. People, you can, you can drop that right now. There's no way Mayweather at 40 could go learn how to be an MMA UFC fighter and learn that. It's easier to go from MMA to boxing than boxing to MMA UFC. So McGregor would beat Mayweather in about one minute in a in a street fight. It wouldn't even be a contest. But, you know, Mayweather earned his money last night and he won. I'm glad I didn't pay a hundred dollars for it. It was a great fight, but at the end of the day I'm w i am watched it this morning actually on the internet, so I didn't have to pay a hundred dollars and I didn't have to stay up to two in the morning to watch it. So, but this show, we, we like a little bit of everything, but tonight, mainly focused on college football. It starts up Thursday night. I know all of you are excited. I know I'm chomping at the bits. Quinn, Jason, all you guys, I know you pumped up for a little college football starting Thursday night. And it's not a, a, a huge slate, so I think it's spread out good so we can watch, you know, a lot of the games that, that we're interested in. I was trying to pull it up. I think Ohio State, Indiana at 8 o'clock will be a a good game to watch. I think being on the road, Ohio State better watch out because Indiana has been able to score some points at times, and I'm interested to see how the Ohio State team improved from last year, especially being able to vertically throw the ball down the field. But the team to shut Ohio State down teams that big up front that could pressure the quarterback, and I don't know if Indiana fits that category. Points. 20 and a half. I'll get those 20 and a half at home in Indiana. Just looking at it, I mean, the other game I'm, I'm interested in Oklahoma State and Tulsa. I just want to see Cowboys look. And I mean, it's not, I mean, there's not a ton of games. Again, it's Thursday night. You have to work the next day. How many games do you need on a Thursday night? But then the Saturday comes, it's going to be, it's a full loaded ticket. And I don't care who, what fan you are, it's college football. If your team's playing or not, it doesn't matter. Friday night, Colorado, Colorado State, Wisconsin, Utah State. Everybody's high on Wisconsin this year, especially the ESPN. Looking at their schedule, people think they're going to win the division and they're going to actually win the Big Ten championship after blowing a three-score lead last year. Interesting to see a lot of people on this show have called anyone and talked bigger Wisconsin. I think they can win their division. I think they can win the Big Ten. But we'll we'll see what everybody else thinks tonight. We're going to talk about each division and conference, who's going to win. And I mean, this is this is prediction time, and this is something you don't you see a lot of TV, radio. They kind of shy away from making predictions like this because. People can go in on a podcast and they can pull up how accurate you are. And and tonight I'm going to give you four playoff teams. If I hit two of them, that would be great. 
hard to hit three or four playoff teams. But I think I'm going to go out on the limb on a couple, see what I can do, because it's never going to go chalk, really, in college football. Everybody thinks Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Penn State or Clemson, yeah, maybe one or two will get in there from that. But we'll see tonight who, who you think is going to win and who we think is going to win it. And we'll see if Quinn wants to come on in a couple minutes. I know he's in the studio right now. But, yeah, that fight last night was was amazing. I mean, when you look at it, it was – I thought I would spend 100 bucks and it would be a knockout in one or two rounds, and then we're all upset because we just paid $100. But 10 rounds, the referee stepped in and called it. I know a lot of people were complaining about that. But, look, McGregor was on his heels. His legs were gone. He was just, he was a punchy bag at that time, and I think Mayweather kind of took it a little easier on him too. So don't don't buy into all the trash talking that happened before that fight and everything. That's all set up to get some pay per view buyers and everything. Those guys probably respect each other a lot more than than we can ever imagine. But Conor McGregor, to me, he, he gained a lot of respect in my mind. Let's get let's get Quinn on here and ask. Quinn, what he thinks about the fight last night. I was actually wrong about the fight. Quinn, I thought it would be a lot sooner, the, the knockout. But, man, I was very, I came away more impressed with McGregor than Floyd Mayweather. Well, yeah, Connor showed, <clears throat> Connor showed he, he has some boxing, boxing skill. I, uh, I thought it was, I didn't think that Floyd was going to knock him out, but, uh, I thought he was going to outclass him for 12 rounds and Connor Connor took some of the early rounds and I and I was pretty impressed with what he showed and I was also impressed with Floyd Floyd I mean Connor said in the post press conference he changed Floyd changed his game plan three times he went out Floyd went out trying to box him and then he went to being up against the ropes and then he went with his hands up more more inward pushing forward and just uh, started working on Connor's body and that's the game plan that worked and then and Floyd didn't lie to the fans when he said he was going to when he was going to come forward and he was going to try and knock him out that's what he tried to do he started coming forward pressuring Connor and came to came to knock him out yeah, not okay. you are. Uh, if you get if you're ten rounds into a fight, it, toughness is gone at that point. It's it's just survival. And I mean, McGregor, the, the officials were right to stop the fight, Quinn. I think when they did, because at that point, ten rounds, my God, for someone that's probably never gone over four or five, that's that's an eternity, and that's a lot of fighting in boxing. Uh, here in that kind of style and format, uh, I mean, I was impressed. I was very impressed with McGregor. And and I don't think Floyd's going to go to the the UFC and fight him in the octagon, do you? No, Floyd's career is done now. He even he even said he's done. Uh, I don't think anything will get him back now. Floyd, Floyd got his biggest payday ever from this fight. Um, so I don't. And I don't think it makes sense for him to go into the octagon. I mean, why would you do that if you don't have to do it? He can ride out into the sunset, do things with his promotion, spend time with his family, and 
keep on racking up money, not even having to real, not even having to fight anymore. So, yeah, yeah. He uh, he bet five million on himself last night. I think he made what a hundred million dollars or something like that. A hundred million plus the plus the pay per view numbers plus everything. He can make yeah. well over three hundred million, and Connor can make over a hundred million. Wow, man, good lord! I would take an ass whipping from anybody. I tell you, I would fight those two at the same time for that kind of money. Uh, I, I wouldn't care, man. I would go in there fist to blaze. I mean, I would go in there trying everything, and then they punch me, and I just fall down and go down for the ten count and, and take my money because, man, I just couldn't imagine making that much for ten rounds of fighting. I mean, I just couldn't imagine it. Thirty minutes of your life, Quinn, and you get. Three hundred million dollars, possibly. Well, yeah, it was a great fight. Let's, let's see what Jason thinks about it real quick. Let's see what Jason thought about the fight. Jason, did you watch the fight or did you pay attention to it? Yeah, I watched it through a Facebook Live. When I, I was impressed with Connor lasting the ten rounds. And I'll say this. Um, Floyd calls himself the greatest fighter, but he let a rookie that never boxed in the boxing ring last 10 rounds. And I don't know about you, but Tyson wouldn't do that, or Ali would never do that. Imagine Tyson well, and Floyd Mayweather fighting. How funny that would be. <laughs> well, well, Ty- yeah. well, Tyson Tyson has a, has a <laughs> way more power for it. Floyd doesn't yeah. exactly have all the power now. He can mm-hmm. volume punch and he can let it wear on you, and that's what yeah. happened to Connor. He started the yeah. punches started wearing on him, but mm-hmm. Tyson has ungodly power. Mm-hmm. That, so, so it, I mean, it's hard to compare the two because all it would take for Tyson is one punch or someone to be out. Where. Whereas Floyd knocking someone out in one punch is very, very unlikely. So he more has to wear on you through the rounds in yeah. order to get someone out of there. Well, if you want to call in tonight, six four six seven one six five five six four. I'll bring Jason back on in just a second and get his opinion on ESPN's move up earlier before you guys came on about the moving uh, commentator named. Uh, Robert Lee, an Asian guy from the William and Mary Virginia game, Quinn, because they thought it could be offensive to people because of Robert E. Lee. I mean, the ESPN lost their mind or what? I mean, this is the worst decision I've ever seen. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. How can how is that guy's how is it that guy's fault that that his parents named him Robert and then just his family last name is Lee like there's really nothing you can do about it like I don't know, I know it's really bizarre. Bizarre. a couple of weeks ago they apologized for the fantasy draft Quinn because it could be offensive to to people think it was slavery and stuff are you kidding I mean. Wait, that's, that's what? Just, I, don't, I don't. You didn't hear about that? Wait. Yeah, ESPN. They it was ESPN offensive? was doing. Yeah, they were doing a live fantasy draft, and someone tweeted and wanted an apology. They demanded ESPN apologize because that looked like a slave auction to them. 
and and Indiana actually came out and apologized for offending him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Tom Brady was getting drafted, uh, Drew Brees, but yet a black man got drafted, and they thought it was racial. I, mean, I just don't understand wasn't, this world we live in. Wasn't Stephen A. on that? Like, um, I can't be? remember who it was. I think they. I think I remember seeing them doing the fantasy draft, and like Stephen A. was part of that. Like, I don't yeah. know how that could be offensive. So, do 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 that? Does this person think that all fantasy fantasy drafts that you do online that thousands of people participate in? Do they think that's like a mm-hmm. slavery auction? Yep. They do, and and people that think like that are actually the race, racists in this world. And Clay Travis destroyed ESPN. I don't know if you listen to Clay Travis much, but this guy up in the morning from six to nine a.m. Eastern. You got to be up early, and I always listen to him. The last couple of weeks, I've listened to him in the morning. He's very good on Fox, and he just tells the truth. Let's ask Jason if he what what he thinks of Robert E. Lee here. Jason, tell me you've heard about this. Yeah, I I heard something about that. It's it's a joke. The the guy has no control of the name he was born or his family's <laughs> name that they've had for years and centuries and whatnot. So I think ESPN is just trying to keep everybody happy and make sure they don't break any toes and and which is fine, but. At the end of the day, you can't really do that. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings sometimes. Well, they're not even hurting anybody's feelings, though. If Robert, e, Robert Lee's on there. I mean, here's the deal. I don't look at an Asian guy and think Robert E. Lee, even if his name was Robert Lee. I mean, this yeah. guy's been dead over 100 years. Nobody cares, really. I mean, nobody cares anymore. And it's just... The the live auction got me too. That that was bad. The live auction, fantasy auction, compared to slavery. But the second, the worst thing was this guy getting moved. If I'm Robert Lee, this guy, I'm suing ESPN. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to make millions and millions of dollars because the guy's only making about seventy thousand dollars a year. So now he's going to be making millions because ESPN will pay because you know why they don't want to offend anyone. So I, I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell him I'm offended right now. I'm offended because you're offended. How about that, Quinn? <laughs> uh, All right. Well, we'll talk about something more meaningful. College football last night. I know Jason was laughing when uh, his his second favorite team, Oregon State. How many points did they give up, Jason? 48? They, they gave up uh, 52 points. Oh, Um yeah, I'd say um, five seconds about the BBS. They're in really big trouble. Your best player is the running back, and he only gets less than the 10 carries. You got to be kidding me. 10 carries? Less than the 10 carries in the second half. Oh, that God. game was that a close will have game. more than that in the first quarter. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Well, the thing is, Noah was having a great first half. He had about 125 to 140 in the first half. Second half, he only got 5 to 10 carries, and the game got out of hand. So, and 
Wow. Now I'll say this, target my pack to Stanford. Stanford will win the North. Guarantee it, book it, take that to the bank. Why? Why? Because they beat Rice? Um, they didn't beat Rice. They just demolished Rice. That's why. Well, they were a 30-point favorite, 31-and-a-half-point favorite. So, I mean, I know they won by 55, but I just think it's hard to look at Stanford. And you, you're probably right, Jason. I'm not saying you're not right. Yeah, but I'm saying no, it's hard yeah, for me yeah. to look at Rice. It's hard for me to look. I don't want to offend you, Jason, mm-hmm. and cause you oh, to, to feel like I've, I've hurt your feelings. But me watching the Rice game didn't impress me quite enough to say that, but I'm not saying that Jason's wrong. I'm just, I have to see more. No, we'll, if, we'll if find out USC, more in two weeks. I'll believe it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, Quinn, what do you think well, of Stanford? Are you fired up, or are you, are you ready to get, put them in the playoffs? Well, I said that Stanford would win the North. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this game doesn't really give me any more confidence or less confidence. Just, I mean, it's not really surprising to me that they won by that much, you know? Yeah. It was a threat. So I, I mean, you get you get beat like that, that's... I mean, you're a 30-point yeah. favorite, and you win by 55. That's that's pretty impressive. Let's move on to another team. South Florida went on the road to San Jose State, 42-22. to They were down a couple scores early, South Florida was. They rallied, and the talent took over. Flowers took over in that game, Quinn. Uh, South Florida, looking at their schedule, there's nobody on there that should beat them, but I think they will lose a game or two. But it looks pretty promising for Charlie Strong and South Florida you know, the rest of the season. Yeah, it surprised me when they got down early. They were down 16-0 to zero in the first quarter and then uh, scored 28 points in the second quarter and then pretty much took over from there. But, yeah, I I think South Florida should be the, should be the best non-Power 5 team. They should get mm-hmm. in the New Year's Six Bowl, I think. Yeah, and, and if they run the table, Jason, they're not going to the playoff, right? No matter what happens. No, they're, they're not going to the playoff. They won't even be top ten. If yeah, they go undefeated, they might be top ten. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but, I mean, a New Year's Six Bowl would be – would be guaranteed. BYU, who cares? They beat Portland State 20-6. to six. Congratulations. You were a 37.5-point favorite, and you won by 14. I mean, that's to me, that's a loss, really. I mean, that's a loss for BYU, Jason. When you when you beat somebody by yeah. two scores and you're favored by 37.5, to me, that's very disappointing. Yeah, BYU is definitely the most the team that won, but – one of this point, I mean, um, I would like them to put out Portland State, but now they got to turn around and um, play LSU, which is a lot more physical than Portland State. So, after, well, well, after, guys, seeing how, after seeing how BYU played, I think LSU's going to kill them. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be bad. Bad, 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 bad. It's going to get out. I mean, but LSU, let's, let's be honest. If they, if Matt Canada 
develops a quarterback, they will. But if it's the old LSU teams that, that they struggle to score points. But, but here's the deal. How's BYU going to put up any points on LSU when they only put yeah. up 20 against Portland State? I mean, my God. Yeah. The, the punter for LSU is bigger than any defensive lineman for Portland State. Mm. So anyway, let's let's go on to something fun tonight. All right, let's let's go on to something fun tonight right now. Well, hold on, Jason. You think that game may be canceled? Well, it's in the Houston, and that weather is really bad right now. So um, I don't know if that's going to play in or or whatnot. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah, that's a good point. What other games are in Texas that we need to worry about? Um, not oh, the um, Michigan Florida. No, that's an Arlington. Um, I think that's the only game coming to mind in the Houston area. So. Well, well, we'll keep an eye on the weather, but tonight we're going to pick division winners and conference winners, and we're going to talk a playoff tonight. So. Guys, we're going to start in the Big 12 Conference tonight. They do have a championship game this year. It's going to be interesting to see who actually – there's no divisions in this. So, it's either – it's straight up, Quinn. It's the top two teams will play in the championship game. And the winner, I think, if it's one loss or less, they'll be in the playoff. Tell me who you think is going to – give me your – predicted order. You don't have to go all the way down to 10, but give me your top four teams in the Big 12, if you think. I have Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and then I got got three teams at eight and four with TCU, Texas, and Kansas State. Great, great picks, great picks right there. And so, do you have so you have Oklahoma State and Oklahoma playing for the championship? I guess. Yeah, and I, and I think Oklahoma State wins, but I think I have Oklahoma State with two losses, so they they miss the playoff. Wow, good job, Jason. Who do you like? I think Quinn. I like Oklahoma. Off. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say Oklahoma State's going to take this division, this conference. I like Mason Rudolph a lot better than I like Bacon Mayfield. I'll say Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, TCU, and the Kansas State. Top four. Wow. What about Texas? Um, I think Texas is going to have a lot of growing pains this year under Tom Herman. So. They could lose two to four games, and that could be derailed. And yeah, I think I like Oklahoma State, and we're all in agreement, which is which is weird. A lot of people have Oklahoma just penciled into this, but I think Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, I like uh, Kansas State at three and Texas at four. But I mean, it's it's going to be a good between TCU, West Virginia, really Kansas State to get in that. For bowl selection purposes, but it's a it's a two team race. It's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I think Quinn's right. I think the winner of the Big Twelve has two losses. 
mm-hmm. and they get in. So, Quinn, if, if Oklahoma has one loss or Oklahoma State and they win that game, do they get in? I guess it just depends on who's undefeated, right? Yeah, it does. It'll it'll depend on the other conferences. Let's look real quick. I just wanted to look at Oklahoma State. I know some people projected, um, or the recruiting. Let's look at the recruiting. Um, Oklahoma, number one, Texas, two, TCU, three, Oklahoma State, four. And it's just Kansas State, what's amazing about them, they're ninth in the Big 12 in recruiting. But, yeah, they consistently win eight or nine games. I mean, that's just great coaching, a great program that plays the same coaches year in and year out. That's that's one of the best programs out there, Quinn, is, is Kansas State from top to bottom when you look at their coaching, their facilities, just the consistency oh, every year of having Bill Snyder there. Hell, he, he retires and then comes back and still wins. So, I mean, it's it's just something that I like to see. Kansas State is a dark horse, though, to get in there and play for that Big 12 championship game. Hey, Brian. So, we're all in agreement. Yes. Um, the BYU-LSU game will be moved out of Houston. Um, and that just it came be in. Played? That um, they, will put, they will pull it in at said location. Yeah. Okay, it'll probably be in Baton Rouge, if I had to guess. Yeah. So. All right, the ACC conference, Quinn. This is a this is a tough conference to predict. I mean, not on the Atlantic side. I mean, it's loaded: Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, North Carolina State in the Atlantic, Coastal, Miami, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Carolina. I mean, you've got some good teams. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that. Florida State wins the Atlantic. I agree. What do you think? What do you think, Jason? You know what? I'll be I'll be the oddball. I'll say Clemson. Don't ask me why or how. I say Clemson and just gets it done. I don't want to go with the gnome. You what? Clemson wins right. the side of right. the division. All right. Clemson, to me, I look at Clemson, and, and I just see a team that, that lost its leader and quarterback. I mean, it lost some heavy big-time players. I mean, on offense, defense. They are returning seven to the defense, I believe, um, which is good, five to the offense. But you look at Clemson, and they're talented enough. Even with the quarterback that they lost, and the one that's coming in, they have a good enough defense, I think, to be in every game and possibly surprise some people this year. I just hope it's not Auburn in that second game. But, I mean, they're good. I think losing their quarterback and their center, their receiving core, and their running backs, to me, that's just too much. You lost your tight end, your quarterback, your running back, both your receivers. Um, it's just in their center. That's going to be tough to overcome, I think. Last year, you you watched this Clemson team. They should have lost to Auburn. They should have lost to Troy. They they didn't look good against Georgia Tech. They barely beat NC State in overtime. They beat Florida State by three. They lost to Pittsburgh by one, 42-43. Virginia Tech by a touchdown. So I'm not, like, sold that this team was great last year. They just got hot at the right time. And I think losing all those departures, I think the first couple games in their schedule, you know, the first three are very, very tough. 
Kent State, the first one, Auburn and at Louisville win. This team could be one and two out of the gate. They could be. And I think the game, I think the tough schedule early playing Auburn at Louisville and at Virginia Tech. Um, that's tough to be breaking in a new quarterback and and I think uh, that could hurt them a little bit. Yeah, Jason, you're talking about a new quarterback like Quinn's talking about yeah. to break him in. It's it's baptism by fire, man. Auburn, even though that game's at home, it's early in the season. I think Auburn's just a better team right now at quarterback, and I like their backfield. You look at Auburn, they've got their entire backfield back. The receivers, really, yeah. and they've got a quarterback that's a gunslinger. So you look at Clemson, so if they if they lose – if they start out one and two, Jason, to lose all the you still like them? Do you, do you still like uh, them to win their division? Uh, Lord. Auburn has no impact to that, by the way. I mean, that's just a. I, yeah, I don't think yeah, the winner of this yeah. game even means anything, honestly. I think Auburn and Clemson, I, Florida State, I, and Alabama, I, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, looking at the schedule right now, it's. It's going to be tricky for them to win the division. Honestly, they're at Virginia Tech, at Syracuse, well, at North Carolina State, and yeah, Florida State's at home, which could have mean that something. Can you think, Jason? South Carolina's not a powerhouse, but on the road against your yeah, state rival, that's, that's, that's never easy sometimes. I mean, it yeah. can always be tricky. And, and, Quinn, I don't think Florida State really matters. Being at Clemson this year, I think the, the difference in the two teams, I don't think that's going to be really a, too big of an advantage. I think Florida State wins. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that, I just think Clemson's got some, some problems. And I think by the end of the season, when they're starting to get it together a little bit, they they got to play Florida State at NC State at South Carolina. You're looking at a nine and three team, eight and four possibly right here. Maybe I think eight and four Clemson goes. Everybody's got them in the top five. Not me. Yeah, I have them going eight and four also. Ah, I'm glad there's somebody with some people with some sense. You got to listen to this show to get some people that that know football. I'm not going to sit on ESPN and tell you who you want to hear. I'm going to tell you who I think. So on the other side, we have Miami, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Georgia Tech. Call me crazy. I'm not ready to jump on the Miami bandwagon like everybody else. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech on this side to win the Coastal and to play Florida State for the ACC championship. I agree with you. All right, I got Florida State winning that game, too. I do, too. All right, Jason, who do you like in the Coastal, and who do you have winning the ACC? I got Virginia Tech. Oh, man, we're all on the same page tonight. So yeah. Who's, who's going to win the ACC? Um, Florida State. I'm, I know I said the Clemson, but I'll back out. <laughs> okay, I don't want to talk you out of your – I don't want to talk you out of your pick, man. It's just – no, no, look no. At that schedule. You you, you made you made some very good points. It's, they they play Auburn and Louisville. You know Louisville wants some revenge. Yeah. Yeah, and that quarterback. One one thing about Louisville, they're going to put up the points. Clemson, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a quarterback to put up those points. 
Yeah. All right. Let's go to the the conference that everybody loves to talk about, the Big Ten Conference. We're not going to get into it like we did a couple weeks ago. And uh, Jonathan's not here to hang up the phone on us to get upset. But the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. I love the East Division, and it's so it looks strong, but really it's not. If you look, Michigan State they're they're really down right now. I don't think they climb back up. Michigan's not as good as everybody thinks. They are talented. So I think it's a two-team race, really, in the East, Ohio State, Penn State. And I'm going to take Ohio State because I just, I'm just i not that big on Penn State, Quinn. I agree with you on picking Ohio State. And the reason I'm picking Ohio State is they get Penn State at home. I think they win that game. So I'm taking Ohio State also. All right, what about the West? I know you like Wisconsin, and anybody that doesn't pick Wisconsin would be crazy. I agree with you. I'm taking Wisconsin also, and then I have Ohio State winning the Big Ten. All right, I'm gonna I'm picking Ohio State and Wisconsin, and I'm gonna pick Wisconsin to to win the Big Ten. Wisconsin's gonna get in uh, with mm-hmm. one loss, and they could easily. You know, after looking at that schedule, if they have, if they have one loss, they could possibly get in because of the Big Ten. But it's going to be tough. Jason, call me crazy, man, but I think Wisconsin gets some revenge in that in the the Big Ten championship this year. Well, um, yeah, I'll call you crazy, but hey, um, I might <laughs> you curse, but I got Ohio State winning one side and Wisconsin winning the other. And I think Ohio State wins it. So. Well, I mean, it, it, it's good. I mean, Ohio State last year really opened my eyes to, to how not very good this team is. I mean, they it really surprised me how bad Clemson just dominated up front against Ohio State. And the vertical passing game is non-existent for Ohio State. I'm, I'm thinking they probably get that back this year. I mean, they they find a way, but they lost, you know, a couple of linemen. They lost a couple of receivers, but they bring back JT Barris, a senior. I don't think you have much of a stud quarterback when he's a senior in college football. Most good quarterbacks are going after after their junior year anyway, but the showing he had last year was terrible. Let's look at that schedule real quick for Ohio State. I mean, it's, you look at the road schedule, Quinn. My God, at Indiana, at Rutgers, at Nebraska, at Iowa, at Michigan. That's very – all five of those are very winnable games. And Ohio State will be favored in all of them, probably a touchdown at Michigan at least. So, there's not a game that Ohio State plays they won't be favored in, Quinn. Yeah, but those – at Nebraska, that's a tough environment. At Iowa, that's a tough environment environment just ask Michigan and then at Michigan that's a tough environment so three of their five road games they're tough environments but they should win all three of those they should they should the Big Ten is not going to be as good as they were last year I mean last year it just seemed like they had everything you know look at look at Penn State I mean it's this team returns 10 offensive starters and six defensive starters with a great coach. I mean, <laughs> it's just hard to – I want to pick Penn State to win the Big Ten, but I just look at – I want to go to recruiting, really. I need to look and see 
what they're recruiting by school. Penn State finished third in the Big Ten. I can't remember exactly where they finished overall, but yeah, I mean it's it's going to be hard. Penn State looked good, and you know you talk about playing against athletes. They played against USC, and they they beat them or almost beat them. And then who won that game? USC beat Penn State, right? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, yeah by three. That was a crazy game. Yeah. But one thing I can't get out of my head is losing 49-10 to 10 against Michigan. Guys, I can't get that out of my head. I don't care yeah. about the 42 or 39 loss at Pittsburgh. I looked at it as they got lucky and beat Ohio State. That game was over. But then when they played Michigan, they got uh, before that 39 points. But they kind of caught people at the right time at the end of the year. And remember, they were down, what, 21 points in the Big Ten Championship to Wisconsin? And they they came back and won it, but I just don't know how good this team is, Quinn. I don't know how good Penn State really is. I think we're going to find out this year. But looking at their road schedule at Iowa, at Northwestern, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, at Maryland, I mean, that's that's a formidable road schedule there. You know, but their home schedule is pretty easy. They'll, they'll walk through the home games except Michigan probably. What do you think? Penn State, do they do they have a good shot to win the Big Ten? Oh, for sure. I think the difference is at Ohio State. If the, if Ohio State was at home, I'd have Penn mm-hmm. State undefeated going to the Big Ten championship game. But I see them losing at Ohio State, so I have them going eleven and one. I'm well, very, I'm well, very high on Penn State this year. Well, 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 guys, one thing that surprised me is how quick they've rebounded from that almost a death penalty, really, it seemed like, with all the scholarship losses. With the, I mean, the, the program was under the worst cloud you've ever seen. And all of a sudden, James Franklin comes in after, uh, who was it, what's his name, the O'Brien left, the coach went to Houston, yeah, Texas. Yeah, O'Brien. I think, he, I think he rejuvenated this program a little bit. And then Franklin came in a good coach that could win at Vanderbilt. I don't trust the guy. I still think he's a, I still think he's a snake in the grass. But, I mean, he's a good coach. He's a good football coach. I'm not going to take that away from him. But this, this Penn State team is good in the right positions. I mean, they the only person they lost on offense was a right guard. This is a team that put up a lot of points last year with McSorley quarterback. I mean, Quinn, this – I mean, my God, Ohio State may not be good enough to beat this team. I mean, think about when they the, – the, the good thing about Ohio State, they do play – they have a bye week after the Nebraska game. So, that's kind of good for them. And Penn State plays Michigan the week before Ohio State. Because I think you're right, Quinn. I think that's the difference between the, the winner of this division is that one game. Yeah. I was looking at Ohio State's schedule, and I did I didn't even realize that by before Penn State. Well, yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah. But I, I expect it to be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the weakest conference in football, the Pac-12, Jason. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> let's talk about the Pac-12. I'm joking with you. I know the I know the Pac-12 is good. It's yes. a good conference, and uh, this year I think there's a, there's several teams. I mean, I don't think USC makes it, guys. That's just me. I'm not on the USC bandwagon. I'm on the Washington bandwagon. That's the team I like in the in the Pac-12. But I'm 
trying to look at find my divisions in my magazine here that I was looking at. But the Pac-12, Jason, you're the expert of the Pac-12. So, so you're saying Oregon State has no chance to win the division, right? Um, Oregon State has no chance of going to a bowl game. So, yeah. <laughs> That's well, one answer, thing Jason. I will not back off of. So you think Stanford is going to win the, the Pac-12 North over Washington? Really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hmm. I do. Yeah, I got to say it again. It. Yeah, I'll say it one more time so I'll understand. Stanford will win the Pac-12 North. That's very few ah. back-to-back years that David saw has back-to-back bad years. Okay? And um, David saw it's not going to let Washington do what they did to Stanford in Seattle last year to them in Patty Alto this year. Yeah, but do you think yeah. Stanford got that that much better since last year? I mean, Washington's a pretty physical football team. They've got a great quarterback. They can score a lot Those of points. Stanford. What, what, what changes did Stanford make? To, I mean, last year it was just a total drilling, 44-6. to six. So how do you come back yeah. from getting beat by 38 points to beat a team the next year? On one, um, they they have a lot of people back this year that remember that game. And in football, if you got beaten by a team the year before and you got that uh, that team that beat you on your home field, you're going to remember that. And they, that's going to fool them, and they're going to play better. So. Yeah. yeah, it's in Stanford, but I don't think Stanford's a big home field advantage. Do you, Quinn? No, but I see Stanford winning that game, and I think and I think that game determines who goes to the Pac-12 championship game. And I think Stanford so wins that game. schedule, Quinn. I look at Washington's schedule. Say they do lose to Stanford. Do they lose another game on that schedule? They don't. <laughs> and I only see Stanford losing to Utah. So it literally comes down to that game. Just kidding. Mm. What about Notre Dame? But that's not a conference game, though, so Notre no. Dame doesn't no. matter. But at USC, so you think Stanford's going to – are they going to beat USC? I think so. Here's the deal. At at USC, at Utah, at Washington State. That's a game you have to keep an eye on. God, that's a tough one, guys. I I think Washington can lose to Stanford and still win the Pac-12 North. I think Stanford's losing two Pac-12 games, even if they beat um, Washington. I think they'll lose to Washington State, and I think they'll lose to Utah if they – no, they'll lose to Utah, Washington State, and USC. That's winning the, the Washington game, just say. Stanford's a good football team, but I don't think they're they're good enough to run the table and in the play in some playoff. I don't. And and even if Stanford won, they play another count. So so let's go to the South. I mean it's all of us say USC, right? Yeah, USC, yeah. So who's gonna win the Pac twelve championship? Stanford's winning the Pac-12, I think. I think, I think the North. USC I'll put it this way. 
I think the North wins it. Jason thinks USC wins it. USC I'll take Washington gets the North Nah, USC's not as good as people are, are talking about. So right you now. Got, they, you guys are giving Oregon no shot in winning the back twelve. Not the North division. Yeah, it, it is going to be hard. Last year. Stanford and Washington, both on the road. Yeah, I have Oregon will be improved, but I have Oregon finishing third be- behind Stanford and Washington, and, and I'll take they'll finish and they'll finish fourth in the conference behind oh, yeah. behind USC. I have USC being the third best team in the conference at nine and three. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think Oregon's a couple years away. That defense to me was. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, closest. there's only one way to go, but up. But you don't correct that in one year. I don't. I, I don't think you can correct that kind of. But it'll be a lot better team than what four and eight last year that they finished. Yeah. But I'll I think that. you're looking at probably an eight and four, nine and three Oregon team yeah. right there. Probably eight and four, which is a season. Yeah. Which is double the wins from last year, which I know last year was mm-hmm. hard to watch because nobody expected Oregon yep. to go four and eight last year. So let's move on. Yep. The Pac-12 is over with. So Jason, I'm gonna mute you for a minute so people listen. So just make sure you're not talking under your breath on the show like that because people are listening and they they go back to the podcast. So just no distractions for me because my brain's small. I can't think of too many things at once. Oh, what are we going to now, Quinn? The SEC? SEC, yeah. And then after the SEC, could we just cover cover Notre Dame real quick, too? Well, Notre Dame's not in the conference, but yes, we will. Yes, we will. All right. We will cover Notre Dame tonight. Well, the SEC, man, it's it's a crapshoot, really. uh, To me, there's three teams in the West. And there's three teams in the East, but that doesn't mean I'm right. And that doesn't mean that we're sitting here tonight talking about it. The SEC East is so crazy. I could see Kentucky or South Carolina sneaking in there, Quinn, to win it because it's not. There's not a very dominant team in that division. I think there's four teams that have a chance, or five teams with a chance to sneak in there and and win a division. But there's none of them have a chance to win the SEC overall. So. In the East, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and pick Tennessee to win the East. Call me crazy. Maybe I am. But I don't like Georgia with their offensive line, and I don't like Florida. So tell me who you like in the East, and then we'll get to Mr. Humphrey out there in Oregon. Well, I have I have it between Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee. And, I, and, then, I, and then it comes down to – Florida and Tennessee. I both have them at nine and three, but uh, I think I think uh, I think Florida beats Tennessee. So yeah, actually, actually, it wouldn't matter because I have Michigan's first loss at that's non-conference. So actually, it wouldn't. Actually, it doesn't matter. I I only have Florida with one SEC loss, so straight up I have Florida winning it because yeah, the I Tennessee tiebreaker you. wouldn't even matter. So I'm I have Florida you, winning the I, East. I think Florida wins the East too, and 
And the reason I say that is because you look at their schedule on the road. They only play South Carolina on the road, Kentucky on the road. They only have in Missouri. They only have three true road games. That's that's pretty amazing. Three. The Michigan game's a neutral site, so at home they play Tennessee, Vanderbilt, LSU, A and M. Georgia's a neutral site, so so I, I don't know, Jason. I'm gonna ask somebody from the Pac-12 that. It's kind of neutral, and they can look at this. Jason, who do you like in the East? And look at Florida's schedule. It's pretty weak when you look in conference at their road yeah, games. Florida. They don't play anybody on the road. Yeah, I'm I'm going to pick Florida just the simple fact of they always, the last two years, they've always found themselves in Atlanta um, somehow, some way. So, um I think Florida is going to win the East, and I'll go say it doesn't matter how many conference losses they lose because Tennessee and Georgia will mess it up even more. So, yeah, Tennessee is a team I can't really put a finger on right now. They're they just they're not a team that that I trust. But last year I, I really liked them to win the East, and they should have. I mean, if they'd have beaten Vanderbilt or South Carolina, Quinn, they would have been in Atlanta. Never would have thought that. I mean, this team beat Georgia and Florida like I predicted. They lost A&M and Alabama like I predicted. But there's two games that I didn't think was Kentucky uh, or, or South Carolina and Vanderbilt. I didn't I didn't think they were possible going to lose those games, and they did, Quinn. So they lost a lot of people. They have a lot of people back. I mean, they they've recruited very well. So what what is it going to take for Tennessee to get in there? Because they do play Alabama, they do go on the road. They play Georgia Tech in a neutral site. They're at Florida, at Alabama, at Kentucky, at Missouri, and guess what? They play LSU. I mean, look at the East, Florida, and Georgia. They don't play two teams like that from the West. Florida, or, uh, Florida plays LSU, but nobody has to, to deal with both Alabama and LSU. And that's just. Almost unfair in that division. So Tennessee is looking down down the barrel right now. I have Tennessee at nine and three. Actually, since Florida only has, I only have Florida with one conference loss. Actually, the division does come down to that game. If Tennessee can win at Florida that third week, and then they just lose at Alabama and OSU, then that puts them in. So at Florida, they have to win no. that game. But, but if Florida, but if Florida only loses to Tennessee, they win the SEC because that, Alabama and LSU but, are. Yeah. But I think Florida loses to LSU, so yeah. that's just how I, I. So to me, to me, if you say. If what happens, what I think is Florida loses to LSU, then Tennessee just has has to win at Florida. Yeah, that's a huge game, Tennessee. But again, Tennessee last year they beat Florida, they beat Georgia, they almost beat A and M, but then they got killed by Bama and the wheels fell off. I mean, you look at it. A&M, they lost by seven on the road in overtime. They were 5-0 and going into that game. The next week, they lose by 39 to Bama. They get a bye week, and then they come out and lay an egg against South Carolina. 
they beat Tennessee Tech, Kentucky, and Missouri all at home, and then they go on the road and lose to, to Vanderbilt, then they come back and stall Nebraska in a bowl game. But they this is a team that's recruited very well. Butch Jones is not getting fired this year, guys. I don't care if he goes seven and five. The guys recruiting with the best of them right now. They're supposed to have a down year. I think they bounce back like Quinn says. I think nine and three is a is a good year for Tennessee. And if they could somehow sneak into that SEC championship game, even more icing on the cake. But Georgia's a team that that I don't think I mean the defense is getting I think they have like ten starters back, something like that, something absurd. But the offense, you look at that offensive line, Quinn, this was a bad, bad offensive line last year, and guess what? They lost three of them. And I don't – And those guys were playing for a reason because there was nobody behind them that was that good. So now you're bringing in a left guard that's a senior probably trying to start. You're having to bring in a freshman at right guard, and you're having to play another senior at right tackle that didn't even play. So I look at Georgia. I don't care who their quarterback is or who their running backs are. They lost all their receivers, and they lost their offensive line, and they were bad anyway. I think Georgia's going to – if they're in for a tough year, looking at that schedule, Notre Dame, they're not going to beat Notre Dame in South Bend. They're not going to beat Tennessee on the road. They're not going to beat – I don't know, Florida's a toss-up, but they're not going to beat Auburn. I'm looking at 9-3 and three at the best for Georgia, but I'm thinking 7-5, and five, Quinn, for Georgia. I have them at 8-4. and four. Um, I think they lose at Notre Dame, at Tennessee, against Florida, and then at Auburn is what I see. Yeah, Jason, have you have you done any research on Georgia, looking at their up front offensive line? Yeah, Georgia's offensive line was shaky last year. I expect them to be shaky this year. Um, I I don't like the road schedule. Uh, Notre Dame, Tennessee, um, and at Auburn, um, I think they lose all three of those games and the cartel party in Jacksonville. So, um, like yeah, Georgia said, just can't beat Florida, can they? Oh, but when they when we have them not winning, they win. So, I don't know. I have them losing every year, so I'm I'm accurate. Yeah, I think they I think they suck every year. Here's a surprise team in the SEC East, and I know Quinn's probably going to laugh at me when when I say Auburn goes to Missouri this year. That's a that's kind of a scary game to me, and uh, that's just a team that Auburn's never played against before. And this team returns ten offensive starters from a team that scored a lot of points last year. Uh, Win, but I just think their defense is piss poor. That's that's the difference with Missouri. They may be able to score on some of these lower tier teams like Missouri State, Purdue, uh, Idaho, Connecticut, Vanderbilt, but they're not going to beat like South Carolina, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, and teams like that. What do you think about Missouri? I'm gonna I'm gonna project them about five and seven. I think they're going to be one game short of a bowl game. I have them at five and seven. Um, the thing about Missouri is, I think you're right. They're, they're gonna they're gonna have a very high powered offense. They return ten starters on offense. Um, I'm very high on their offense, and 
Yeah, Auburn has to go to Missouri for the first time there, but Auburn has played <laughs> Missouri before it was the SEC championship game. But, yeah, I think... <laughs> good one. That's I a good think, one. I think Missouri goes uh, five and seven. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, any road game scares me, but Auburn should go in there and just blow them away, shouldn't they? I mean, they should go in there and just torment them. Just beat the piss out of them early. I think Auburn will win that game, but like I said, with Missouri's high-powered offense, um, Auburn, I think, has to get get them flustered on offense early, or else it might be Mm. a little bit of a shootout. But I see Auburn winning that game. All right. So I have Florida winning the East. Quinn, you have Florida. Jason, who'd you say again? I said Florida. Okay. So all of us are on Florida. Well, I was making sure Jason dozed off on us. He's over there sleeping during this SEC talk. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to hear it. Well, guys, I've got a surprise tonight for the SEC West. I was looking at it, and there's no way, there's no reason Ole Miss shouldn't be a dark horse and come in here and win the West this year. I'm looking at this team, and and Quinn, they're loaded from top to bottom. (laughs) I think you're joking. (laughs) They are loaded on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this team last year, I mean, they only gave up 55 to Mississippi State in the game they were at home in. They only gave up, what was it, to Auburn? They gave up 40 to Auburn, 48 to, I mean, everybody they played. I don't know, but this this team, we're, we're not even going to talk about Ole Miss tonight, but, but I do think Ole Miss can, can win five, four or five games this year. They'll beat South Alabama, Tennessee, Martin, Vanderbilt, Lafayette, I'm saying probably four and eight. Ole Miss goes this year, five and seven best, four and eight. So I don't want to talk about Ole Miss really. But let's, oh. let's really talk about this division because there are there are three teams that could win this, maybe even four, because A and M is a team that I hate to count them out because I know every year they're going to start five or six and zero. But if one year they ever put it together on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to be a good football team, but I just don't think it's this year, Quinn. I think the SEC East is a two-team race. It's really three-team. Let's just say Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Would you agree with that? I agree with you. I hate putting LSU in there, Jason, but I don't know. Anytime you discount LSU, they always bite you. Yeah. Well, it is a three-team race. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and the 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 question will be, if LSU gets quarterback play, they're going to be tough to beat. It's really going to be a three-team race. It could be a three-team tie kind of kind of thing. But you look at LSU's schedule; it's tough. I mean, they go to Mississippi State September sixteenth. That's not easy. They go to Florida October seventh. The next week they play Auburn. Then they go to Ole Miss, to Alabama. They host Arkansas. They go to Tennessee. They're home to A&M. I look at this schedule, guys, and it is a three-team race in the West. But if that same LSU team comes out, they lost a lot on defense. They lost a lot on offense, too. They do have a different offensive coordinator. Guys, I'm going to go 8-4 and four for LSU this year. I know that sounds crazy. 
you'd call me crazy, but I think this team is a four-loss team at least with Ed Orger on at the helm. I think they may go seven and five, Quinn, but I'm going to say eight and four because I just don't trust Ed Orgeron. I don't trust their quarterback, and their defense is not going to be as good as it has in years past. Uh, that is kind of crazy. I, I have them 10 and one. I, I have not predicted the Auburn game yet because I'm not sure. I I have not put down a prediction for that Auburn game, whether Auburn wins or loses it. Because that's a tough one, man. I'm not sure. I think it yeah. depends on Clemson, Quinn. I think it depends on Clemson. I think if if Auburn goes to Clemson and wins that game, I think it gives them confidence to go step in Baton Rouge. But if they stub their toe in Clemson, I think they're going to win their games until they get to LSU. But once they get to LSU, that could that doubt could creep back in. So. I think that's a tough one to predict right now. It's, yeah, it's that game. I, yeah, I may not. I may not pencil a win or loss until heading into well, here's that. Here's the problem. <laughs> here's your problem. You haven't been alive since since they have beaten LSU there. I don't think you were a little baby still eating out of I a sippy cup. Yeah, you I were getting sore. your diapers changed by your mom when the last time Auburn beat them there. So. It's, it's hard to predict. It really is. It's hard to go ahead and say, I'm going to take Auburn, because one time it is going to come true. I think it is this year. I, I think Auburn has the and, – and, and what Auburn usually doesn't have when they go to LSU is a defense. This year they have a defense, and that's going to be the difference in the game. Last year we beat them. Um, I mean, all we got was field goals the entire game. I think we kicked, what, six field goals in that game or something and, and beat them yeah. like that. but. I mean, that's how good our defense was last year. Their offense is not going to be as good, I don't think. I could be wrong. But I just think being in Baton Rouge is big, but with the way Auburn can score and defense, I don't know. This team, it's going to be – I think LSU may stub their toe against somebody like Ole Miss or something after the Auburn game, after they play them. I don't don't know. It's just a tough schedule. LSU's got probably the toughest schedule in the SEC for the most part. If you look at their – some of these games they play. It's very, very tough. And we'll see. Well, one, one thing I can tell you, A&M won't beat them because a, A&M hasn't beaten LSU since they got into the SEC. So I don't predict that yeah. this year. So looking at the West, guys, Quinn, give me your – since you can't predict that game, give me your winner of the SEC West. Give me your top three. Yeah, well, with LSU, I either have them going 11 and 1 or 10 and 2. I got, I mean, I haven't, for Auburn, I haven't penciled in the LSU or the Alabama game. So I have Auburn being anywhere from 10 and 2 to 12 and 0. And Alabama, I have being either 11 and 1 or 12 and 0, because like I said, the Alabama. Auburn Alabama game. I haven't penciled that in yet. So either I have Alabama being eleven and zero going into the Iron Bowl, and that could possibly be true for Auburn too. Yeah, Jason, I'll make a prediction for you with Alabama. Jalen Hurts won't be the quarterback in October. Yeah, I I won't disagree. Um. Everybody forgets Jaden Hurts did not start game one last year. So, 
That that could be true. So. Yeah, if that Alabama team guy with with Calvin Ridley a receiver. The only thing is, I don't know if Hurts uh, can get it to him enough. But this is a team that you know they got a player shot last night. I don't know if y'all we didn't talk about that. Alabama got a defensive player shot. He probably he wasn't a projected starter. I'm trying to remember his name real quick. Does anybody have his name off the top of their head? I don't. But I saw something. But I saw that. Davis. I thought it was. He's a defensive tackle. Oh, okay. Davis. Raquan Davis. I'm looking. I'm looking on their defensive side of the ball. I don't. I don't see him projected as a starter. No. They're probably lying about it just to say, acting like just in case they lose to Florida State, they'll they'll use an excuse. But this guy says he's not seriously injured. But again, here's a guy Quinn in a bar a week before the game. What's going on in Tuscaloosa, man? It's, it seems like this is happening frequently. Oh, gee, so that's where he was was in a bar. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be serious if you don't play football. You can't be in bars a week before the biggest game of the year. I don't know if Saban's. I don't know. It's because they know they can get they can get in trouble or they can they can get arrested. But you know what? Saban's going to give them grace every time. Saban's not going to suspend the starter. The guy. It doesn't matter if he's suspended now or not. He's he's gotten shot. So I don't know how long it's going how he heals with that, but. But we'll see. Let's let's let me go to the West real quick, and I'll I'll tell you what I think. I look at Auburn. I'll start with them or LSU. I told Jaden four. I'm sticking to it. I think Quinn is going to surprise you. But looking at Auburn, they've got everybody back on offense for the most part. They are they are replacing a couple of linemen, but that's okay. They're actually better, more talented. Um, Prince Tega on the left tackle. I think he's going to win the left tackle spot. I think Mike Horton's going to be your left guard. Austin Dolson, your center. I think you're going to have Darius James move over to right guard, and you got Braden Smith with the right tackle. I don't. I don't think depth wise and talent wise, there's a team in the SEC with a better offensive line than Auburn, and they've got two graduate transfers. One from Florida State. I don't think he's a graduate, but the the kid from Florida State. What was his name? Wilson Bell. Yep. Yeah, that guy's a stud, but he's not even projected to start at Auburn. That's how good this line is. And they had another transfer from Jacksonville State that's a pretty good player. He's a center, but I don't think he's going to crack the the top two. But I look at this team, guys, with Petway back, Carrion Johnson back. You got Sal Cananella. He's actually projected as a tight end, but I think they're going to put him a slot and receiver. But, guys, with the run, I don't think people realize with this new offensive coordinator, I was going back and looking at some film and looking at some of his history. He was a coach at Auburn in 2013. But, Quinn, he he does a lot of RPOs on offense, and that's something that this team hasn't had in a long time. I think that's what's going to make them very hard to beat with a running game, with a quarterback that's very accurate. That's the key with RPOs is having a quarterback that can make the read and decide what he's going to do. I, I just think this offense has a big chance to be very special. Not just 
best in the SEC, but probably top five in the country. I think it definitely has that potential. And I I said this before a couple weeks ago where I I think he's going to be more unpredictable than Gus. And I think with Jarrett's arm, it'll help with making it more more unpredictable. But I think he's just going to mix it up more, which will keep defenses more on their toes. And Jason, Jason, I was I was looking at people were worried about him because he threw the ball a lot more than he ran it. But if you look at Southern Miss, he had to. And if you look at Arizona State and the Pac-12, you don't see many running teams really, besides maybe Stanford. And but but you look at this guy. I think I don't think people are going to have enough film on him, Jason, to adjust, especially by the Clemson game. I think everybody's going to prepare for Auburn like Gus Malzahn was being the play caller. But like Quinn said, he's very unpredictable. He uses the running backs out of the backfield. And if he can keep defenses off balance, this team can blow people out early. I mean, it's, that's the thing I think about Auburn. They get up early in these games, and their defense holds people off enough to, to finish them off. Jason, what do you think about Auburn? I didn't talk about the defensive side of the ball yet. I think, I think Auburn offensively with Matt Canada um, – I mean, the offensive coordinator, I think he could Dude. be like, look, um, You're... Matt Canada, right? <laughs> no, that's LSU. The offensive coordinator. Chip Lindsey. Chip Lindsey's offensive Oh, uh, Chip Lindsey. It's my best. So, um, All right, buddy. Yeah. Um, I think I think what Clement said, they got to be more um, unpredictable, unpredictable on offense. So. Well, go back to last year, Quinn. I mean, 13 to 19, they lost to Clemson. If that had a quarterback, that would have won that game. A&M, 16 to 29, they lost. But that game was a uh, – it was like a six-point game all the way to the fourth quarter. Auburn just couldn't move the ball from midfield to get in scoring range. They lost to Georgia, yeah. 13 to 7, without giving up a touchdown on offense. And they lost to Alabama. So I'm looking at last year. I think they're 11 and one at least with Stidham in the lineup. Right then, 11 and one team right there. I think you could be right, and I'll say. And I've heard Chip Lindsey say this. He he uses he use, he likes to get the ball in the hands of his in the hands best of players. his best players on offense. So he's gonna run it. He's going to run, run it quite a bit with Petway and Carrion Johnson being at running back. I think it's going to be a 50-50 split with the running and passing. Um, but I don't think uh, I don't think we as Auburn fans have to worry about him not running the ball. I think they're going to run the <laughs> ball plenty. Yeah, you can camp Petway in your backfield, and you don't run him, you're a fool. And, and I'm not yeah. even talking about their their fullback Chandler Cox. I mean, he's not even he's not even listed in the the starting lineup on offense. But he's one of the most valuable players I think on this team at the fullback. So let's flip over and and let me say they got the best kicker in the country. So you get across yep. past the forty, it's three points. But let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Everybody's worried they lost Montravius Adams and Carl Lawson and. And Holsey, and that's right. They did lose a lot, but it's time for these other guys to step up. 
you've got Dontravius Russell. And, I, and one thing that, that I heard one coach say from Auburn is he's never coached a defensive line with this much talent. There's going to be three people in two years drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, maybe one in the second. But you've got uh, the Brown, Derek Brown. You've got – here's a guy I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name for you. Uh, where'd he go? I had him written down. I've lost my piece of paper. You know Nick Coe. Nick Coe's the guy on defense that nobody knows or nobody's talking about. You can go through your magazines. You won't see his name anywhere. Nick Coe will be one of the best defensive linemen in the SEC this year. Marlon Davidson is a true sophomore coming in there. you got Andrew Williams, Quinn, Paul James. The linebacker is what I'm really excited about, Quinn. Looking at finally some linebackers with some experience, speed, and uh, size on them. I think that's what we've been missing for a long time at Auburn. Yeah, I I like the defense this year. I mean, the only thing that kind of concerns me is the secondary, but I think as long as the secondary can stay healthy, I think they'll be fine. I really like um, I really like the front seven. Um, linebackers, I think this will be our best linebacker group in a long time with Williams, Davis, and then another Williams, and then you'll and then you'll ha- and then you have Holland at the bunk, at the buck position, so he's kind of like a hybrid. Um, I really, I really like the defense this year about as much as I did last year, and. Uh, some of these younger guys have got more experience, and I think that could play if that could really help out too. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna tell you what makes Auburn unstoppable this year on offense. And we talk about it, and it's the vertical passing game. Last year, you look at Sean White, and I'm not taking anything away from the guy, but anytime he threw a deep ball, he underthrew it, and somebody would have to come back to it, or this. Stidham guy does not underthrow anybody. If he does, it's a back show. It's a fade. He's going to make you turn around and get it. But that's the difference between an Auburn offense that's that's almost unstoppable. You remember in 13 when Nick Marshall was running it, that offense was damn near unstoppable, impossible to stop. I think now with with a quarterback with some accuracy, one thing about Nick Marshall, Quinn, he didn't have a lot of accuracy. He could hit the deep ball from time to time to keep people honest. But with Stidham – if he can throw the ball downfield consistently, how will defenses come in and, and attack this offense? Because if you, you stack the box, you're dead. If you play straight up, you're dead. You can't stop the run or the pass. So how are they going to do it? I, I can't figure out how a defense is going to really stop this team consistently. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. I mean, um, this Clemson game, that Clemson game at Clemson will tell us a lot about the about the Auburn offense, um, because because Clemson Clemson has Clemson's supposed to have a really good defense this year and have a really good defensive line. So so they always do. It's a good. It'll be a good test. It'll be a good test to see what Auburn's Auburn's offense yeah. can do. Yeah, that's a good point. If if Auburn comes mm-hmm. in and puts up 40 points on the road at Clemson, you better watch out. But if they come in and – I mean, they can lose to Clemson, and they can still win the SEC, but I think the Clemson game goes a long way 
But you look at Auburn teams in the past, they didn't look good in 2010 up until probably the South Carolina game or the second half of the Clemson game. Third team, they looked they didn't look good. They had to come from behind and beat Mississippi State in that third game of the year or something. So it wasn't a great team. But I think this year's team, the difference between 2010 and those 13 teams compared to this one, I think this team has a lot more talent on it and a lot more depth. And I think the quarterback position is the most accurate passer that we're probably ever going to see at Auburn if he stays healthy. The guy can throw the football. Cam Newton couldn't throw the ball until about the Georgia game that year they didn't really trust him to throw the ball down the field too much and you know he he finally adjusted but if Stidham gets better with every game and he comes in the way I think he's going to do this offense could be unstoppable but real quick the the most underrated position on this team is the wide receiver position you got Eli Stowe he's a sophomore he can fly Nate Craig Myers is a big time receiver sophomore Kyle Davis probably the best receiver on the team. Ryan Davis, Darius Slayton, Jason Smith. I mean, Quinn, you look at the the wide receivers, I don't think they get enough love on this team, and I think it's because they never had a quarterback really throw into them like they're going to have this year. I agree. I think the wide, wide receiver position is going to be good. And you forgot to mention Will Hastings out of the slot. Oh, I Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. That was dumb of me. He's going to be the one that that is actually unstoppable. You can't guard a guy that quick and small. And when he catches the ball, yeah. he's going to be hell on people. So I'm going yeah, to go ahead but... and call it. And this is not a this is not a homer pick, guys. I promise you. Because last year I had Auburn going ten and two or nine and three. I can't remember. And they should have actually won eleven. And I don't see a game in the regular season this team's going to lose if their defense comes to play and instead them. Here's the key: Is Stidham going to be the starting quarterback this year? If so, yes. I mean, they're going to if he stays healthy. I think they can win all their games. Does it mean they will? No. It means they they should. Be. They're going to be underdog at LSU, Clemson, and at home against Alabama. Those three games. I think Clemson early in the season. Of course, they're going to be underdog. I don't think Clemson's as good. LSU by the middle of the season. Now Auburn may be a slight favorite depending on how their season goes. But Alabama at the end, you, you know, Alabama's not going to be an underdog. To Quinn, I've got Auburn 12-0 and in the regular season. I think if they do that, they're going to win the SEC and they're going to be in that 14 playoff. Okay. Um, I think I think at the I think the SEC, I think um, the SEC championship will come down to Alabama and Auburn because I think whoever makes it to the SEC championship game will win. But yeah, I can't. Well, if Auburn's eleven and zero, if Auburn's eleven and zero heading to the Iron Bowl, they're going to win. Or ten and I, one. Just, just say Auburn loses to LSU. It's okay. They they still they still have Georgia and Alabama at home at the end of the year, so they can afford to lose the game, and they probably will lose the game. I mean, they're they're probably going to lose one, but it depends on who it is. You don't want it to be Alabama or Georgia, so if you're going to lose one, let it be LSU on the road. That's fine, but don't lose to Clemson and LSU because if Auburn goes ten and two 
and they win the SEC, I think they'll get in because they did play Clemson on the road. As long as it's a close game, I think they'll get the nod. But you don't have you don't have the room to lose two games in the SEC really when you got Alabama in that division. It's, you're in trouble if you do. If Auburn gets through Clemson and gets through OSU, it'd be hard to see him losing. It'd be hard to see him losing again. No, no. If you go on the road and be, you go to the two Death Valleys and win, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Jason, what do you think about the West? I think it's going to come down to LSU and Auburn. Um, ready? And I, I think I think Auburn takes it. I think, like you said, Stidham is a. I think he's a better quarterback than Newton and um, what you guys had in um, 2013. Marshall. Nick um, Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. I think you're right. So. I think by by I think, you could I think be right. like I said, I think the rest comes down to Auburn and LSU. I think Alabama finishes third. Who beats Alabama, you think? LSU and Auburn? Yeah, LSU and Auburn. Um, I think Florida State week one, but that doesn't matter to the division. Uh, What a game that's going to be. What a game that's going to be next Saturday night. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Tide in that one because the way they played in the first game every year – it's just hard for me to see Alabama losing that first game with Saban having a year to to prepare for a Jimbo Fisher team. If he knows, if anybody knows their tendencies, he does. So let's move on to Notre Dame before we go tonight. So Quinn, you started off. Tell me about the Fighting Irish here. Um, I think I think with have I think offensively they're going to be. A really tough. They're going to be a really tough team. I think. I think Wimbush. I think Wimbush will be a better quarterback than what. Ky, I think Wimbush could be better than Kaiser and uh, Zaire. Um, he would just have to wait his turn. And the schedule wise. I mean, um, it's similar to what the schedule is every year. It's it's a pretty good schedule. I see them. I and then oh yeah, and then their defense. I think their defense. This this could be their best defense um, since 2012. I think. I think bringing in Mike Alco. I can't pronounce his last name, but the the. Defensive coordinator from Wake Forest who did a tremendous job with a lot less talent than you'll have at Notre Dame. I expect the defense to be leaps and bounds better. It's sounding like uh, the pass rush could be very much improved this year, which has been a big problem for Notre Dame, getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, and then I think and then I think their schedule, I mean uh, – Road game-wise, they go to Michigan State, North Carolina, Miami, and Stanford. And Michigan State and North Carolina will probably be the most hostile environments. And then um, I see them 
I see him starting out the season. I see him beating Temple, Georgia, Boston College, Michigan State, Miami, Ohio. And then I see him losing that North Carolina, but I see him beating USC, North Carolina State, Wake Forest. At Miami, I think they'll win that. And then Navy, I think they'll win. And then at Stanford, I see him losing that. So I have them going 10-2, and two, and I think they'll be the most improved team in college football. A lot of people have laughed at me because <laughs> I said that, and that might be a little biased, but they have the talent. Um, I think the coaching changes will help out. They brought in Chip Long from Memphis, and uh, he's proven he's had a proven pretty good track record. Um, and then they brought in the new defensive coordinator, who I think is going to make weep some bounds improvement with the defense so I see this team being very good and by the end of the year I think with 10 and 2 with their record that could be a top 10 uh, finish well you look at last year's team they lost to Texas in overtime by 3 they lost to Michigan State by 8 that was a bad loss they lost to Duke by 3 they lost to NC State in the monsoon by 7 they lost to Stanford by seven. They lost to Baby by one. They lost to Virginia Tech by three. They did lose by 18 to USC, but that's a team that could easily have been 10 and two last year. You know, you look at you look at that schedule. They just had some bad luck. They had some injuries. They just didn't play well. And I think being who they are, they expect to win every game. And once you lose two or three that early, it's just it's just hard to rebound. So this year, looking at that schedule, I think. Temple, Georgia, Boston College, Michigan State, Miami of Ohio, North Carolina, they're 6-0. USC is a toss-up. That game's in South Bend. NC State's a tough one. Miami on the road, Stanford. I think this is every ride a good 9-3 or 10-2 team, Jason. What do you think about the Irish? The Irish is going to be 10-0 versus non-packed teams. I think the only two losses are to USC and at Stanford. I uh, see, I see. That'll be a that'll, that'll be a New Year's Six game, right, Jason? If they go ten yeah. and two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ten and two for an order then that's New Year's Six. I, I see them splitting with USC and Stanford. I think they'll win one of those games. And uh, All right. you USC's at home, so I think they win that game, and I think they want. Re- I think they want revenge. I mean, that's. I think that in USC's Notre, it's either Michigan or USC's Notre Dame's biggest rival. But Notre Dame plays USC every year, so that's their biggest rival. It's at home. They're coming off a bye. They're they're going to be really really fired up, especially if they go into that game six and zero. It's going to be tough for USC to come to South Bend and win that game, and I think it. And I think that could possibly be a night game. I think yeah. I think Notre Dame beats them in a close game. Uh, well, I would, I will our, say uh, that about. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. I will say Sam Donald as a Heisman contender can't win the Heisman losing. Notre Dame. I think he needs that win to really win the Heisman, if that made sense. He's not going to win it. 
No, I, I don't think so either. Well, yeah. well, hey guys, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna try to do a show. I'm gonna try to do a show this week so we can do our playoff teams, our Final Four, and our Heisman, and uh, predict the championship. So we'll do that probably. Hopefully Wednesday night we'll we'll get into a show before then. So I want to at least do a show before Saturday at the latest. So even Thursday, I don't think Thursday night's gonna affect our playoffs after that if we do one later. But do one Wednesday night. Or if we don't do it this week, we'll we'll start back doing two two shows a week, yeah. and then we'll, we'll we'll put our predictions up on Way in Sports as well. We'll do our top ten games of the week with point spreads, and try to to go against Vegas. And uh, you look at all the professionals out there. Our Way in Sports is a lot better. I'm telling you, at about sixty eight percent for the last five years against the spread. That's real good. I mean, 68% doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're going against point spreads, 68% is pretty good. So, guys, thank you for joining me tonight. We've got to cut it short. Quinn, remember Game of Thrones season finale tonight at 9 o'clock. Make sure you're on HBO watching. <laughs> no, thank you. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. Anything you want to talk about before we go real quick, Quinn? Did you want to say one more thing? I just wanted to say I think uh Notre Dame has one of the best wide receiving wide re- one of the best wide receiving corps in the in college and their offensive line will be really good. That's all I wanted to add. Well that's good you went four and eight last year because um I think you're on uh, see a Notre Dame team with a chip on their shoulder and that Georgia game's pivotal for Notre Dame. If they lose that game I don't know what it's going to do for their psyche and their morale. If they beat Georgia, second game of the year, SEC team, they're going to do just fine this year. And don't buy the USC high too much. Stanford, yeah, they're a good football team. USC, uh, I mean, they're good, but I don't trust them to win the Heisman and to make the playoff like a lot of people are talking about. But we'll be back this week, Jason, for joining me. God bless. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Yep, see you soon.